I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On YouTube. On podcast. On live. This is Rebel Yell from the WFCSL. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast, supported by MK Window Cleaning and Price Jones Electrical. Welcome to episode 5 of the 23-24 season of the Rebel Yell Podcast, and happy new year guys, Jacko and Spencer, James here for episode 5, happy new year, did you have a good Christmas and new year? Happy 2024, yeah, it's good to be, good to be back at Woodside, new year. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Christmas. The only thing good thing for me was the football. The amount of football I got to watch over the festive period. You know, you can't beat Boxing Day football or New Year's Day football. As it is, I was working. So, well, well, on holiday. <laughs> um, no, but the thing is, I think what made it special as well because we won two, didn't we? Yeah, so but that always helps. But no, there's, there's something about this. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Um, so we've um, we recorded middle of November, um, just before we got knocked out of the FA Trophy to through. Then we got that. Then we got knocked out the Sussex Cup at Littlehampton uh, by Littlehampton. Um, so we're now cupless, but that means we can focus on the league. And as we say, pretty much every month when we're talking about the uh, football, it's a roller coaster again, hasn't it? Been the last few months, chaps. I, I, I think we've been very consistent at being inconsistent. And you know, and we, we had a chat before. Just you know, this league shows anybody can beat everybody. Mm-hmm. And it makes it exciting at times, but also frustrating. Yeah, we've had our ups and downs, haven't we? You know, we've, we've had a couple of defeats, but we've been playing generally good football. So it's important. I mean, capping off, uh, did you end up going to Western Spencer? You did, didn't you? Yeah. No, you didn't, because I think everyone was fed up of going to West Country. Western's a bit. Um, it sort of capped, um, uh, you know, it capped. Uh, 
end of a well it wasn't a miserable run to the West Country in long fixtures but we had so many of those fixtures in a row from September, October and November I guess it was a frustrating end to that sort of period because you don't apart from Plymouth uh, sorry, slash uh, Truro this uh Weekend, I think that's pretty much the last time till Yeovil at the end of the season, isn't it? That we're going down that I way. Think it, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we, um, you know, let, let, let's get the bad ones out of the way. Four 0 lost to West on Tuesday night. Hinch obviously like, you know, he wasn't happy. We really, really apologised to the fans, and you know, the players just didn't turn up that day. Yeah, it's a lo- it's a long way for the players to travel on, on the Tuesday night. I think that's sort of the, his 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 wanting to go full time. Because obviously, if this was a full time thing, you'd be going down probably the night before, wouldn't you? Oh, it's, it's- Funny you mention that because wasn't it the owner of Kings Len, Kings Len who showed the the cost of going away overnight? Oh, yeah. I think they went to Merseyside. Some uh, the cost was like four grand to stay overnight, including coaches and all that. And they don't make any money from and it, they, yeah. and they're not making money. You know, and you think, poof, that's a lot of money to to spend. Uh, am I right in thinking the National League pay a certain amount towards travel costs? I don't know. I know the footy FA Cup they do, but I'm not sure like the host club pays. Yeah, I think, but the FA pace as well, I think, something towards us. I could be wrong, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, but then, uh, I say bad losses, a frustrating loss, I say, uh, two, lost 2 new away to Hamill just before Christmas, a nightmare before Christmas, as uh, a couple of fans commented. It could have been probably a few more. Uh, we were lucky, and Rocco Reeves made some good saves, keeps in it. But it just, again, we started off well, we just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. And then, you know, the usual story goes that, you know, they get a goal, uh, and sort of the heads drop, and... You know, that was that it was just like it didn't turn up that day. Yeah, I, I, I weren't at that game, no. so I can't really. I, I, I can't wasn't really there, but you know, I, I, so sometimes I think when we go one nil down, we seem to be better. We yeah, played not better. on that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, especially earlier in the season, we need to go goal down to get to get motivated. To, to get going, yeah. you know. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it's 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 the thing is you're going to get these losses. I mean, we only had one four nil loss at <laughs> this period. We had we had four goals put past us a couple of times as well but not the huge losses and I guess this past weekend losing 3-1 to Chelmsford I was not was it 3-2 three, three, sorry 3-2 yeah. sorry 3-2 oh. oh god god give us that goal 3-2 to Chelmsford yeah it was on oh yeah that was it because whoever was doing football web pages I nearly had a heart attack because it went 3-3 three, three Worthing and then unknown goal score I was like oh my god we've actually done it the last minute two two minutes later football web pages correction 3-3 three, three Worthing full time I thought th- all, all his goal was 96 minute or something no, very last kick of the game wasn't it yeah um, but you know he, that, that game, we was absolutely dominated the, the so, second half. So I, I wasn't there again. I was. Yeah, Chelmsford, Chelmsford had a corner. Uh, ball come out from the corner and they, they rebuilt the play again from the corner and scored. And that was their make it 3 1. And that was them for the second half and game done. Yeah, because I was in Southampton and within 30 seconds my phone bleed and I thought I were 1 0 down. <laughs> yeah, no. It was, yeah. It was, was like, like, oh, wow. Start. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think we played that well at the beginning of that game. and you know, Hinch was showing his frustration in the dugout, wasn't he? You know, you could see he was frustrated in the interview after. You know, there must be times where he just bangs his head against the wall and goes, what do I do here to get us out of these silly... But, but didn't he say something along the lines he doesn't know what to do to get the people going from the first second? And, but then again, I think, you know... You, but then that's what your management team meant to do as well, yeah, you but know. That's what I liked the, the players. Yeah, well, yeah. players at this level shouldn't need more defeating. <laughs> no, they, you know, either you want it or you don't want it. Mm. And maybe, you know, the people who don't want it, let's be ruthless and bench him or get rid of them. Yeah. 
and unfortunately some are contracted you know it's not as easy when you go up the levels anymore but let's uh let's look at the let's look at the strong points we're fourth in the national league south at the moment as we say it's crazy because you know i think from fourth where we are to the bottom is only about 13 14 points to the relegation zone which is crazy which obviously does mean that you can't sit there and rest in your laurels as we've seen we, we got turned over 4 0 by Maystone earlier in the season. We beat them 5 1 at home, and they've just knocked Stevenage out of the FA Cup to reach round four. <laughs> I, know, it's I funny, mean, it's isn't crazy, it? isn't it? And we thought, I thought they were going to get spanked by a League One team. They're doing okay. Well, the, the away game, I thought Maystone was so much better than oh, us. They, they made us look brilliant. like boys. And, and, you know, yes, we got a red card as well. It didn't help, but we were losing anyway. And then here, at the home game, I. I wasn't confident. A a bit of a and, and then suddenly, you know, 5-1 and we played such good football. And it could have been more again. Yeah, but the crazy be. thing is, is, I know Hintz wanted to concede less goals, but as it stands, we're the fourth best goal difference in the league with plus 13. Yeah. And we've, um, we've yeah. scored 53. Scored, though, scored 53 against 40. So, you yeah, know. but I think, we, I think we're out of the sixth or the eighth worth defence in the league. Mm. And, you know, yeah, we scored a lot of goals, but we, you know... Do we think now that Yeovil running away for it is kind of, we might as well give them the trophy now or do you think they no, can still get dragged into no. it and then we're playing for a playoff place? Because I know obviously Hinch is, would score one better and I know how frustrated he was last year, especially after that Taunton game. If we'd won that game, we could have avoided the eliminator and had a home tie for the second round of the playoffs. Is that our goal this season, do you think? Or do you think it still is the automatic promotion? Personally, I'd say playoffs. The, the um, second or third place? Same Yeovil being gone away with it, I don't think so, because there's still a lot can happen, still a long way to go, and mm. saying anyone can beat anyone, you know, they could get injured, step up, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, whether it's us or not, I don't know, I think it's all key, we've got a team to watch at the moment, we've had a dodgy result Saturday against Eastbourne, but um, no, I think we're strong contenders for the playoffs. Yeah, well I think, I think, I think the, the that, that, that second or third place would be a, um, definitely a, a goal for us because it avoids I'd, that it avoids I'd, that eliminator I'd, I think I'd rather I, I think you want to become second because if you're second then you got the final at home you want home advantage. you want a home advantage and you know look what it did to Dorking that day when they they, they won it um, but you know look let's do the playoffs and have a nice away day again that would be nice that would be nice that would be nice and just like that with the most perfect timing, the gaffer Adam Hinchwood appears in the room. You couldn't have timed that perfectly because I was about to do a cut. Well, a cut into the interview, and he's coming right live. time. There we go. We well, got him live. Well, no, as live. Record it as live. Is that what I do? Um, firstly, happy birthday for yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You. Did you have yeah. a good day? Yeah. Lovely 20, I thought it was twenty-one again. Yeah. Twenty-one plus yeah. nineteen. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a good one? Yeah. Lovely. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. What did you go up to? Did you go up uh, for a meal, for meal on Saturday? Yeah. yeah a few days. Boys at home and yeah. yeah, so family. Well, if you see the star sun jacket at the moment. Oh yeah, he's absolutely yeah, yeah. smashing it in the Premier League, isn't he, mate? Like, oh, congratulations! Yeah, like, yeah. Proud father and proud family moment there. Like yeah, I was saying, yeah. I was in Italy just um, between Christmas and New Year. I sent you a picture, didn't I? Yeah. I was like, couldn't believe I was just watching um, Sky Sports Italia. And I know it's a Premier League game, but then you got Jack Hinchinwood appears on the screen. I just thought you sort of pinch me moment when you see that, isn't it? You oh, know, yeah. I'm following in the footsteps of his dad and granddad and everything like that. Eh? No, I sit yeah, spent um, all his time out on that pitch at Woodside as a youngster, didn't he? Smashing the ball in. And yeah. So, yeah, no, obviously, it's really nice to see and yeah. getting to follow him around and watch him a bit over Christmas was lovely, mm. to be fair. And now, let's, uh, let's move on to Worthing's, what you're here for. Um, how would you sum up? We always ask you, how would you sum up the last 
uh, sort of since we recorded mid-November. I'd say a roller coaster, been, been, bit been up a and lot, down. Been a lot of football since. Yeah. Then. How would you summarise it if you could say two two uh, last two months? Yeah, I think it's followed a similar pattern all season, really. A um, couple of good performances, and then whenever we've got an opportunity to make a mark and get closer and you know go second we just seem to fall a bit short for whatever reason mm. um that's a real frustration really um but maybe just a sign of just where we are as a club at the moment yeah. you can tell in your post match interview on um after saturday's game against chelsea you can tell the emotion and sort of you know frustration in your interview afterwards um uh how was it like you know ricky leaving massive night for the club it's such a shame that they've come in for it and it's frustrating to see him go on the bench on their game you know you see you think you're going to put because Swindon aren't performing very well at all um did you know that was coming did you have suspects and you know or was it just a big no completely completely out of the blue um we had training on the Thursday and literally about an hour before you're getting ready to prepare um for a session on Thursday for for the game Saturday and come in and find out that He's been recalled, really. Um, so that just, that just throws all your plans for the game out. Yeah, there, a yeah. little bit, a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, still um, other players and that come in, don't they? But um, yeah, I think that would just sum it up for me, really. Uh, gone from club captain doing his ACL and out for the season. Um, it just seems to be right. Okay, get over that hurdle and get a team together, and then, like I said. After the Eastbourne game, it felt like everyone was together and there's good togetherness and good team spirit. And then another big player um, for a completely different reason um, is out of your plans in your squad again uh, as well. So it just seems like a, a lot of that this season. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we're still still fighting away. Um, somehow, still fourth. Um, but maybe it's just a sign of where we've got to as a club really um it seems everyone's a little bit disappointed um doom and gloom when we're <laughs> national league south fourth in the league had 1900 people and 700 people yeah. turn up to a game oh. where we got we're in a league with talky yeovil maidstone um and we're above most of those yeah as well. and that's not bad no that's what i mean but you know <laughs> I don't. Is it your want to do better and like get the club as high as you can? And you know, you just feel, you know, you see some of the comments online, some of the things around, and it's just frustrating from your part. Obviously, what you see on the pitch, and you, you, you we've seen it in your interviews after the game that like you, you obviously will be frustrated as a manager when you you throw away leads or you can't get back into the game or you had a perfect opportunity like on Saturday to go second in the league if we win, but we're stuck in fourth. Is it when you see all that's just a mixture of emotions? You're like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Sort no, of like yeah, yeah, honestly, I don't. I've come like completely off social media now, so I don't look at no something. Not not because of any reason. Just I felt like I was just wasting my time really and days off. And um, it's the devil sometimes. Yeah, to be so I just completely it's the keyboard warriors all yeah, around. Well, yeah, it was keyboard warriors. They have an opinion it wasn't about even everything. That. It wasn't, wasn't even me looking at posts about Worthing and the team and stuff. It wasn't even that. It was just I was finding I was just scrolling for yeah. hours upon end and it's pointless in it. Yeah, yeah, and just it was. Not good, really. So, just yeah, keep the come off it. So it's not nothing to do with like what I read and stuff like that. Just, just I think um, expectation of how the games have gone. I think, um, I think in in the main, haven't really 
seen a team that's played better football than us, uh, created more chances. I feel we've been one of the best teams in the league in terms of football-wise. Even Saturday, you look at the stats, I think we had uh, 68% possession, 580-odd passes, 22 crosses, um, but they had four shots on target, we had three. So, you know, we've got to find a way to mm. make um, more purpose with all this possession and... You know, we've got to make sure we have 22 crosses that we're working the goalkeeper more than three times. Yeah. Talk about goalkeepers. You signed uh, from Southampton, a uh, young lad to um, from Mumford, I understand. Uh, yeah. What was the sort of reasoning behind that? Was it to give competition to Rocco yeah. and sort of put a bit of pressure on? And if he impresses, will it be a longer loan or are you not sure yet? No, yeah, just um, I thought Rocco all season has not really had that competition and just for his own... Um, development development yeah more than anything that every other player has had that competition and know that if they're not doing it then they're going to be out of the team I think he went through a bit of a bad period and I thought that would have been the wrong time to bring a new goalkeeper in um, when he's on a bit of an up and he's kept a couple of clean sheets and probably had two very good games um, thought it would be a good time to really challenge him and, yeah. and give him that competition and yeah I'm hoping and seeing training, it seems to improve his, his levels and stuff like that because you know that you're not just going to be selected week in, week out. And I think if anyone gets that, then you can get a little bit complacent. So yeah. I thought it was the right time to, to uh, you know, just all fit into place. We're able to bring in a good goalkeeper and, and give Rocco the competition that he needs. With um, Ricky obviously gone now, is there any replacements possibly coming in or is that sort of not really where you've been looking at the moment or is it sort of is it firmly transfers, firmly sort of finished now for the season? It's, no, it's, it's tough um, on that side of it because um, we've got such a good deal, I think, to bring Ricky in. Yeah. To, we, to we, get someone we, that quality. To get someone that quality, yeah. Pretty much is irreplaceable, isn't it? In terms of like what the club, the deal the club got, then yeah, I would agree. We ain't getting anything for that money. Nah. Yeah, we said don't, you know, don't fall in love with a lone player. But Ricky, he, you know, and yeah. I think it's a good thing for him. Yeah, he had a good five six months with us, and now he's been recalled. Yeah, which is good for him. For us, oh, it's a yeah. bit not yeah. the best thing. Yeah. But you know, no, you just feel like you, you know you got someone on the. Season-long loan. He's halfway through the season. He's a midfield player. He's got 11 goals. God knows how many assists. He's so becoming he's, one of the most important players yeah, on the team have this season. a lot of goal contributions um, through Ricky. Um, not saying that he's a one-man team by any stretch of imagination, but to have that amount of quality was obviously... You seem proper gutted about it, though. Were you, like, proper gutted that you, like, um, Yeah, just on, a bit yeah. of shock, like... Not not gutted because obviously yeah, football. he get, gets recalled because he's doing well. So yeah, play, yeah, well. yeah exactly. Yeah, well, definitely. Hundred yeah. percent. Um, and, and with that, you know, it's going to give other people an opportunity now to to come in and showcase what they can do. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, how we've got to look at it. But no, yeah, just there's been a few sort of frustrations like that really that's happened and yeah. um, sort of just seems to get a bit of momentum and then get a bit of a a kick in it seems it's happened yeah. a little bit like that this season but we're not going to cry about it we'll get on we'll keep working and mm -hmm. doing all we can to 
finish with as many points as we can. So looking forward to um, this weekend, long one, the penultimate longest trip of the season. So you've got obviously Yeovil at the end of the season, yeah. but another long West Country day on down to Plymouth for Turo, Turo on uh, Saturday. Uh, fully expecting a good reaction from the team, like you know, bounce back from the frustrating defeat on Saturday. Yeah, we're gonna be. Um, a little light again. Nicky Will is away on his honeymoon now, which he did tell me about in the summer, but it's another one <laughs> like of Aaron them. on his cruise last, yeah, year, last year, yeah. wasn't it? They tell you, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then you January. forget. January. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you're going to have two it's, weeks of a It's almost like you knew it's true. Yeah, I know. But then it comes Convenient. around and you're like, oh, brilliant. And I think Luke's away. Um, so missing them, we've got a left winger. Um, then Michael Class is still really ill. Um, looking at tonight, uh, so yeah, opportunity will knock for one or two players. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's, we still go down there and try and give our all and try and come away yeah. with three points. But um, it's not always been the case this year. Um, but yeah, like I say, we're not ones to hide behind all these different factors. You got to get on with it, and we will. Well, for a fan perspective, it's been really good to see some of the youngsters. I'm going to be given an opportunity, you know. Yeah. So Chadwick's come in, Ruben's come back, Ollie was back. Yeah. Saturday, and Zach James on the bench on Saturday, wasn't he? No, yeah. So, Do you expect Zach to sort of maybe make his way into the squad one day, starting the substitution period? Yeah, in the definitely. Future? He's been, he's been excellent been on the all bench, season. hasn't he? Yeah. Been excellent all season, uh, trained well. It's just a matter of time before he gets his opportunity, really. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where we'll go. Um, obviously, with that, um, you get a real. Uh, probably don't get the consistency if you've got that many of them all playing at the same time. I think we're playing a team that's in around us in the playoffs and we have finished with Ollie Starkey, Finney Chadwick, Joe Rye. They've all come for our youth team. We've got Zach on the bench. So, um, yeah, it's important we don't um, shy away from that and still give these lads an opportunity because this, as a club, what we believe in, as a manager, what I believe in. Um at the same time, it's important that you bend them in at the right time and, and plan at the right time. And um, I think it's become more of a, a need and a necessity going into this Saturday um, rather than, you know, bringing them in because it's the right time for them to play. Um, so with that comes opportunities and, you know, we're just hoping that like like Finley Chadwick, I think, has done well when he's come in. So yeah. you just hope they take their opportunities when they get them. Yeah, you want them to come in, you want to be keen. And like yeah. Say, no, yeah, I think Finley um, offers us something a bit different. He's exceptionally good in the air. He's got a left foot. Um, so there's two attributes there straight away that really bolster um, our squad. Um, and, um, you know, with that, he can be tenacious. He's He's got good qualities. I feel nice and calm when he's he's bouncing the ball out of the back he knows the patterns knows the pictures that we're looking for and um you know, i definitely feel there could be a, a top talent there yeah um and any other player news at the moment like injuries all around the squad is it is it sort of most most of everyone else okay yeah day's picked up a bit of a knee problem now so there's another one going into saturday that we could be without um yeah, and that's that's about it, really. Uh, so we don't want icy yeah. pitches. Uh, that no. would do even worse for the So we could, we could um, potentially go sit down with Nath uh, probably tomorrow and go through what options we've got. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, I don't want to just bring in 
a player for the sake of yeah, it. No, of um, you know, I want it to be someone that's kind of really... Because two weeks' time, we'll have Luke back, we'll have Nicky Wheeler back. Don't think Michael's not going to be too long. He's like a couple of weeks away. And um, Cash should be back up to fit. Jake Robinson with another couple of weeks of training and getting his game time will hopefully be a lot better. So then if we add two or three lone players to that, again... Um, you know, we've then got a really heavy squad, so yeah, we've just got to maybe manage it over the next couple of weeks until yeah. we get everybody back out and available. Well, Adam, it's good to see you. Um, good luck for the rest of the month. We'll speak to you next month and uh, hopefully still riding high in the National League South. Yeah, hopefully. Um, like I say, we'll, we'll keep keep trying, keep plugging away and hopefully get a few more free points on the board. Yeah, hopefully up to that one better than last year, as you were saying. That's yeah, that was no, your goal, wasn't it? Yeah, so, you definitely. Know, definitely, definitely keep around that. Well, as you see, it's Saturday we could have been up there yeah, to second know, place. Yeah. So let's let's hold, let's hold, let's hope that happens. But Adam, Definitely. thank you very much, and uh, happy New Year no to you. Problem, yeah. Happy Andrew birthday, guys, and uh, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Cheers, 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 cheers. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. Thanks, to Adam, for sitting down with us again. Uh, this episode of Rebel Yell podcast, guys. Um, just me, or he just felt a bit crestfallen, didn't he? he felt a bit gutted. I think losing Ricky um, has obviously you know affected his plans, you know, and. They said he got a really good deal originally, and we're not going to get anyone of that class for the deal we had. Um, he seemed proper gutted. Yeah, we just had a loss as well. You know, he could sit on Saturday, his body language, he's, he wasn't less pleased. And I think the podcast is always a bit easier when we've just come back off the back of, back of a win rather than a. Would have been nice to record it after the Eastbourne double, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'd, but, you know, I think he's got a lot on his shoulders as well, Adam. You know, he wants the best for the club, he wants the best for the players. And, and I think he's, I think he's shown in his post-match interviews that he's frustrated um, with, with the players and the way you know, and, and maybe other things we don't know about. Um, and obviously, you know, it, it's a hard job. I, I, I wouldn't want his job. I couldn't do his job. To be I, fair. I couldn't do his. I couldn't do his job. But, but like I said, you know, for Ricky to go back, yeah, he he was. Uh, an important player for us, but it showed that he <laughs> that he that's the cold blue line. That is pretty true. Spencer just put his double hoodie on. I think I might put mine on as well. Um, that that he done well for us. But the funny thing is, though, or funny, I saw a lot of comments. The Swindon Town supporters are very split about him. About Ricky, yeah, fifty-fifty. Yeah, say. but the thing is, they've got to give him a chance. They literally, he's, he's come back, and I was looking. My mates are Swindons. That's how I found out he's going back. I remember messaging you guys. And the thing is, is he's got to give him a chance. Yeah, he's he's, he's excelled at National League South, but Swindon are struggling in League Two. It <laughs> could be a National League club if they're not careful. He's barely played for. Them. Yeah, he came yeah. on for twenty minutes, and yeah, he didn't do anything. But what can you do in twenty minutes when you're losing anyway? Oh, I think they conceded in the last minute or something. Um, I think it was. I think Cowley's new team. I think it was Colchester or something. He's playing. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a shame he's gone. And I think there was one player I would have liked back. But well, obviously... he still never bloody came on Rebel Yell, did he? Like he avoided that with like <laughs> like the plague, didn't he? Like he did the first time he's in the club spin. Yeah, I think that's that's best not spoken about when we tried to get him on the first time. Yeah, he ran away and he's he ran, ran away. away. <laughs> Nathan wasn't best pleased. He was like, "I'm really sorry." I was like, oh, "Bloody Ricky." But anyway, good luck to Ricky. Um, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because. Uh, you know, that, that double over Eastbourne was fantastic. You know, seven goals passed them. They're, they're a full-time team. And it was we were the end of the final nail in the coffin for their manager, Mark Beard, who got sacked I, after that game. We won 7-0, but don't want to speak out of turn. But they were not great. You know, 
Because I thought at home, the home game, the first 25, 30 minutes, they were good. Yeah. Then we scored and the heads dropped. Yeah. And then it was quite easy. And then when we're there, the away game, you know, thought after we scored a penalty, I thought they were st- they're still giving it a go. And then the second half, we just completely outplayed them. And I think you're to blame for Beard getting sacked in it within an hour after the match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, sacked then, in 10 minutes, the, getting the, sacked the, in 10 minutes. The, the players' heads were down, weren't they? Um, the fans weren't behind them. The fans were really well, quiet and started leaving quite early. There was no atmosphere. It felt like a pre-season friendly at one stage. I was speaking to some, that's a more, more mature gentleman before the game, Eastbourne supporters. And they were saying, I really hope we get absolute tongue today because that means he is going, Beard. Mm. You know, and, I, and for, people, for your fans to say that, I think that must be really bad then. A couple of my friends who, um, who are in around a non-league uh, game, they definitely thought that he wouldn't be sacked because they thought it was a long-term goal. And I said, well, I'm not sure. Then literally minutes after him saying that, he was gone. So, yeah. Well, I think, I think well, you know, they're going their third manager of the season. And I think they always speak no, about not the third, not second. No, it was the third. Is it uh, who was the second? The second one was the captain who was injured, who was injured at the uh, home game against uh, us. Anyways, yeah. anyway, for twenty hours though. But I'm <laughs> oh, sure yeah. since the new owner came in, um I'm sure he's always spoken about the project. Yeah. It just, just Data driven project. It just makes me laugh when you have, you know, owners and chairman thing talk about projects and then just change managers every five minutes because that's not sticking with the project, is it? Merry go round, didn't it? Yeah, but I think I, you know, it's, it, I think he had to because they were going down. If Beard stayed, I think it would have gone down. We're interested to see how this guy from Fylde if he can revive their fortunes. They've got a tough job ahead of him, you know. Um, them and haven't. I mean, personally, I, if we're to stay in National League South next season, I'd rather they stayed up because then we're going to have no local derbies at all if they go down. If haven't go down and they go down, it's going to be a West Country all over, isn't it? West Country and sort of Kent. There's no no Sussex or Surrey. Or... I think I think you need a bit of local rivalry. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a local. Yeah, That's I why I miss is. Lewis. I miss Bogner. You know, you know, they, they, we always say there's too many chants still sung about Bogner. But you know, at the end of the end of the day, I I, I, I do miss those because you know those derbies. You know, even they had something to play for. Even Lewis. You know, we love going to Dripping Town. I know you like going there, Spence. But you know, yeah, that's a lovely, lovely group. Who doesn't like going to watch football at the dripping pan? <laughs> oh, it's now, it's now the, it's now the vegan dripping pan. Veganuary, <laughs> seen that? They're going forest green. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't like the dripping mm. pan. I just think it's no. a horrible ground. I just don't like it. It's a little bit weird, but I, it's quirky. It's quirky. But anyway, um, this is not a non-league generic podcast. That's the other <laughs> yeah, one. The, the Premier Non-League podcast you got to listen to for that one. But yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think, yes, let's, as Adam said, like the, uh, there's going to be some people missing on Saturday. So uh, let's see how we do and turn around. But good fortunes at the moment. Women have not, we haven't got John on or any player on tonight because originally the night we recorded, Tuesday night, it was meant to be an under-18s game with the men's training just before, and uh, the women are training down at Worthing Leisure Centre tonight, so logistically, we can't get um, John on before his podcast is due out, but um, Yako, what what were the sort of fixtures? We recorded at the end of November, so... I think, the end of November... Uh, uh, hold on, just the other way around. Uh, <laughs> oh, is your phone going down? We're, we're, not so, doing, we're not doing this on the fly, ladies and gentlemen. So, obviously, we played at home against Norwich, it was 1-1. Fresh and then we fresh port them, but I think it was a friendly. friendly yeah. But I think I went to that game, and I think that the the difference we were far superior. Then Ashford Town, unfortunately, we lost two one, uh, and then came with City at home four 0 which was oh God, funny one because 
there was a postponed game, wasn't it? Because gamers didn't have a goalie. That was was the game that was rearranged (laughs) because they didn't have a goalie the first time round. And then it's and there's no. I think the weekend was a four-two win. The first game of two twenty twenty-four four-two away away at Chesham, really good result. Yeah. So and I think if I'm right, the late I think they're third in the league. I think which is a great result for yeah. first time. Well, yeah, first time in the league. Must have some games in hand. We've got we've got a, we've got a semi-final. We've got a semi-final coming up as well in the women's Sussex senior. Yeah. At New Haven. So if we win, if we win that. That's a final. Which will be down at Culver Road, I think. Yeah, I think so. But no, I, we need to have a cup final this season, don't we? Because <laughs> the men haven't done it. We've got to have the women. Yeah, but, to... but, I don't want yeah, but we had so many good years. The last couple of years for the men's oh, team yeah, have been good. Like, no, but I like a cup final. I mean, if we get to Sussex Senior Cup final for the women's, Gloriana. I'd like Gloriana. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but I've never been to Amex for our finals there. So, you know, um, but Becky Bath, after appearing on the Rebel Yard podcast, just gone to another level. All those goals she's scoring. You know, oh, I think, she, yeah. she's an amazing player. Yeah, she, 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 is, she is. Well, interesting. Do you see this month's player of the, uh, goal of the month? She's in there. I voted for her because really I think her goal yeah, was the best really goal. Good, really good to see her nominated for the goal of the month. Yeah, she, she's a good player. She always impressed me, and she, she like you know, she likes to score a goal. Also. Yeah. So we'll make sure next month we get John and the player on a big bump special in February. Uh, we'll get them on to update us, um, guys. So this month is obviously a little bit different. We've got um, we've got Keith Mitchell joining us, uh, who's the general manager. And we thought between ourselves, like we we've never actually we know Keith. We've we've liaised with him a lot, and he's a good good guy. And he's, he's definitely an asset for the club. But for a lot of the fans, still don't know him very well or because he's so new to the club or don't know what the general manager role is about so we thought why not sit down with him first one of the uh, new year and uh, hear what Keith is and who he is and what he brings to the club in the role of general manager so let's sit down with Keith now this is the Rebel Yell podcast hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Nice to finally be joined by, I say finally, you've not actually been invited by us until now, have you? But nice to have you, Keith uh, Mitchell, General Manager of Worthing FC. Uh, you've been here a few months now, haven't you? And we've been pretty lapsed, haven't we, Spencer? We haven't even bothered uh, to ask him if he'd like to come on the podcast. A bit rude about that. Yeah, you know, we, we keep the uh, important people further down the list, don't we? Yeah, of course, we've got to have some content in the new year, do you know what I mean? That's why we do it, Keith, yeah? Yeah, I think you save the best to last, haven't you? Course, so, yeah. Yeah, well, George is on after you and he's a CBE, so... MBE, but yeah. MBE. Anyway, uh, Keith, welcome to the Rebel Yard podcast. Thank uh, you. 
thanks for you know agreeing to come on with us um i think we just really thought it'd be a good idea uh lots of people are starting to get to know you around the place because obviously as you know Worthing, it's a small club but sort of big hearts and big family um just tell us a little bit about yourself like so what brought you to Worthing, really and what, what's your sort of history okay well i've always been uh involved in kind of sports recreation and leisure that's always been my my thing um I was previously general manager at Sandown Park Racecourse. I presented the Royal Box to the Queen for the 2017 Derby at Epsom. Um, various other stints in five-a-side football, about 11 or 12 years there. That's where I originally crossed paths with Barry Hunter. Okay. Um, so we worked for, um, I guess, rival companies at that time. And we both worked in the same kind of field of trying to get contracts. And uh, I think... Uh, I think if he's going to listen to this, which he will do, I think it was 2-0 or maybe 3-0 to me in the times that we went head-to-head. I'm sure he'll have a view on that. We'll have to give him a right to reply, won't we, Spence? Yeah. I think we can close the door on that one there. Um, but, yeah, so um, obviously met Barry there through about 11 or 12 years in that business. Um, and then went across to Saudi Arabia and uh, worked on the world's largest sustainable uh, project in Neom, uh, in the northwest corner of Saudi Arabia. Um, which um, was a, an eye-opener, as you can imagine. Fantastic experience. I was out there for three years. Unfortunately, my dad passed away and uh, in last year, or 2022 now as it is. Um, so I came back home, really, just to make sure I was a bit closer to my mum. Um, four and a half thousand miles away is a bit too far to travel to make sure she's okay. Um, I've got, a, I've got a, three kids from my first marriage that live up in Rochester, and uh, I'm a Bournemouth boy originally so if you draw a line between Bournemouth and Rochester the halfway point happens to be banging Worthing <laughs> very convenient for us yeah very convenient yeah everything happens for a reason so um and so basically the stars aligned really and uh there was a, a phone call that came once I was back in the UK from an agent saying that um there was an opportunity to come and work at Worthing Football Club Barry's name came up uh, so obviously I had a conversation with Barry about it and what's that, about eight or so months later, here we are. Has it been, it must, you know, you've also has it worked for Guildford Flames as well, the ice hockey, is that right? Yeah, I was uh, head of operations at yeah. uh, Guildford Spectrum as well. So, um, yeah, and obviously they've got the, the professional ice hockey, uh, hockey team there, Guildford Flames. They get about two, two and a half thousand fans to every home game as well. So overseeing all those operations as well obviously it's probably stood me in quite good stead as well as the race courses uh, for doing this kind of thing so same sort of thing then so give us a bit of an insight into what the general manager role involves what, what, not what are you doing here like, you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> but no i think it's because it is one of those things that it's uh, a lot of people not not offensively we're like what what is the actual general manager what areas do you cover around the ground because it's i don't think we've ever really had you fully introduced and what your role is. So I don't know if it's the first time we've had a proper interview that the fans will be able to listen to. Am I right in thinking? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And it's nothing against what you do because we know what you do, but a lot of fans are like, oh, because the last general manager, you know, didn't, didn't get to know the fans as well as maybe should have done. And we, we've seen a change with you. You're always walking around and stuff. So just tell us like, if it was advertised tomorrow as a new job, what would it be? Well, it's a lot more than what I thought it was going to be, put it that way. Um, so, I mean, look, this, I think I think one of the things that attracted me to this in the first place was the fact that I could see this as more of a project than a job. Um, you know, I had various job offers when I came back. Um, but this was the one that kind of tantalized me a little bit in terms of 
in terms of a project, something I could get my teeth into. And obviously, having come from Saudi, where I was working on a big project, I'd kind of got my, my head around doing something that was leading somewhere as opposed to just doing something which was a bit of a groundhog day. So... Um, in terms of what this, this job's actually evolved since I've, since I've taken it over, I think really. Um, I think my predecessor did a good job in taking us to where we were. Um, but I think that it probably needed a slightly different viewpoint in terms of taking it forward to where we want to be. And that's the project piece. So I think it really is about, um, obviously Hinch and Nathan and the guys do the on the pitch stuff, you know, the football side of things. So when you think of a football club, um, it's everything other than that. So the general manager role is literally anything you see, do, or come into contact with that's anything other than a ball being kicked on the pitch uh, would fall under the general manager's uh, remit. When you walked in the first day, what did you think of the place? Like, you know, obviously non-league football is obviously completely different because you've not worked in football such at this level, have you? Um, obviously quite a well-run club as it is and a club on the up. What, what, what were your first, first thoughts when you walked through the gates? I was impressed. I mean, there's a lot of good things that already happened, you know, um, or were on the process of happening. Um, and obviously, historically, you know, the club's got really good heartbeat within the community. That was obvious straight away. Um, great volunteer base, great fan base. Um, so there was a lot to like. You know, you walk in and you see a really nice stadium. Um, you see really nice people, friendly faces. Um, very much a, a welcoming environment really so it's hard not to like it you know even if you wanted to sort of thing hang on a second what have i let myself in for here it's easy to remind yourself what those things are you know and think actually yeah this is this is it felt like home pretty quickly you know moving to worthing as well don't forget at the same time because obviously not being a worthing boy moving from a different country moving back from back from bournemouth to here and starting a new job all at the same time it can you know it's, it's you know it's, you know two big things you do right is move house and and start a new job. So I do those two things simultaneously in an environment in which I hadn't worked in before. You need those things on your side, and it was good. It was really nice to see such a welcoming environment, and straight away I could see the opportunity. That's really, really, really good to hear. Um, so um, obviously one of the things that, that's gone on and is going on since your arrival is the various sort of works around the ground. So, um, you know, we've seen work sort of start and develop kind of, fan zone and the bar, uh, the plans have been in and approved for the new stand at the, at the West End. Um, so can you just give sort of some more details of sort of like where we are with, with that and sort of what, what's coming, especially regarding the new stand? Because for fans, the, it's the real, the real talking point. Okay. Well, let me see what I can do to answer some of those things. So, and actually just going back, uh, James, to one of your, your previous question about the general manager thing that actually fits quite nicely with that question, Spencer, as well. So, so really there's three key things that I'm focusing on, you know, and that is the match day experience, you know, improving what we do. Obviously the ground grading and development. Um, and also the driving of the revenue off the pitch to enable the pit, the, you know, Hinch and, and, and Nathan have the best possible player budget that they can do to evolve things on the pitch. So this is very much a symmetry and how things move from one to the other. So, um, Going back to the, to that question, the, obviously the, the ground grading and the ground development part of that, um, is, is more around, based around things that we have to do to be compliant. You know, we're focusing on National League. 
if not this season, then I'm sure it's only a matter of time. So we're getting kind of ready for that and making sure that we are whenever that is, whether it's for next season or thereafter. So there's the compliance pieces and the things that we have to do. So we have to put more toilets in. We have to put more turnstiles in. We have to find another access point. We have to obviously make sure we have capacity for 4,000 people into the in the ground as opposed to the 3,100 we have now which is a different thing from what we would what we're actually doing in terms of that fans experience that match day experience so for example the west end that you mentioned Spencer that's a that's a not an essential that we do that we don't have to do that to be compliant that's something where we've taken and said well actually that's on the list of things that we would like to do to improve the match day experience so that falls under that bracket so you'll have seen in the recent commentary that that's a 50 meters wide stand so if you picture that say the pitch is 65 meters you, you're only losing about seven and a half meters off either side so it's a, it's a significant improvement on what i believe was probably about 15 or so meters previously um and it's also it's terraced right so it's actually it's tiered as well so there is going to be standing for probably three or four deep in terms of that area as well going up so obviously arguably not only have you got a cover um, but you've got a better viewing experience as well because at the moment obviously it's all on one level so that's exciting um, we're on schedule to have that completed by the end of March um, that remains the case uh, when the weather gets nicer yeah. when the weather gets nicer yeah. well the thing is what we what we've also got to consider is is that you know there's a there's obviously an impact on operations on on AR capacity whilst we have to close that area of the ground to do that it's ultimately going to be a building site yeah. So we've got to be mindful of that. So the less time that we do that for, the better, right? I mean, in theory, we could start digging holes and doing some excavation works tomorrow. But if it's not going to be finished to the end of March, then we're still restricted by that, you know, by the way that that moves forward. So so obviously, we're, we're probably going to be looking for early to mid-February to start the actual spade-in-the-ground stuff. But that will still uh, still keep us on track for the end of March. So that's exciting for the fans. I think everyone's looking forward to, as you rightly said, as we're looking forward to that. And obviously, historically, April's the wettest month of the year. So fingers and toes crossed. If that happens to be the case this year, then we'll be in good shape. Good testing for it. Um, and you said that we actually put the terracing in as part of the development. Then. Yeah. Because I know there was a talk about possibly just putting the stand cover in, and then if we get promoted, because it wasn't necessary. But that's thanks, Spence. That's going to be good for the viewing experience. Yeah, very much so. It's better than the flat ground. Yeah, I think I think we took a view on it. I mean, the board took a view that that you know we we looked at the maths, we looked at the fans' experience. We felt that the variable in cost between not having a terraced stand and having a stand itself would would actually you know would be worth it from a match day experience. So that's exactly that's the the kind of thing I'm talking about. So when we think about match day's experience for for all of the fans, you know you know the board uh, I've got that in mind. You know we're sitting and considering. You know, what would be better and is that worth that extra investment in order to make something that much better? I'm guessing so with time, like you say, if the area's got to be closed off for building work anyway, then exactly. it's worth the may as well be done while, while the, the roofing works. Exactly. Well, I mean, look, if we went back retrospectively and put the terracing in afterwards, we'd have to, you know, we'd basically have to almost pull down what we put up in the first place just to put it back up again. Oh, okay. um, 
so, that, yeah, because it's kind of it's all prefabricated. Yeah. So yeah, it's, you have to pull Don't it out and pull it back in again, and then start again. So you know, and then you've got another four or five week disruption, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it just didn't seem to make sense Fantastic. to us. And in terms of other things around the ground, obviously, you know the planning's been given to do the fan zone roof and everything like that. When when do you expect that to be done by? Is that going to be done by April? Or will that be more by the summer? Do you think? Yeah, no, I think we've targeted that for the close season. Okay. Um, I think there was it's part of a bigger picture, really. So um, the fan zone in terms of the outdoor area that you're referring to, which is the covered space by the container bar. Um, we've also been working with our stakeholders in the gym, and we've actually now got ourselves in a position, Dan and Dave have been really helpful there, in allowing them now, they have a, a bespoke smaller gym space right at the end. And we now have um, therefore seconded and taken back the larger space. There's a new dividing wall in there. So we've got a, an area now that we can develop in terms of what was the old clubhouse, if you like. We can now develop that and align that with what we're doing in the fan zone. So the fan zone outside space is going to be a closed season scenario. Um, and shortly thereafter, the hope is that we'll be able to get something in place in terms of the actual clubhouse development itself. So reception, hospitality, those kind of things that we'd love to do as a club, as you know. Um, and as we continue to meander our way towards professionalism, that's one of the things that we want to try and do. So what we're thinking about is not just the fan zone from an outdoor offering perspective on match days, which is great, but going back to the other area, if you like, the, the, the revenue driver, the how it looks and feels as part of a football club, a proper reception area, hospitality space, you know, multifunctional areas, um, bookable spaces. All of these things are being considered, not just about the fan zone and the outdoors, how that would then work and fit with something inside. And is there any other works that you can give a little preview of that might be coming soon or is that the sort of two main projects that we're focusing on in the next year for the club and match day experience well i mean obviously there there are two that are in the public domain at the moment um we have as you rightly said um got the uh, applications approved for both of those um but going back to the compliance piece things that we must do obviously we mentioned the capacity of four thousand now Anyone that's been to the ground will know that it's going to be pretty tight to fit 4,000 people in with what we've got. I could not think. Yeah, breathe in. <laughs> yeah, everybody breathe I in. must lose that weight now in the year. So obviously, you know, the obvious option for us is to look at the north side. Um, we've got um, a development opportunity there. Um, so certainly within our, our mapping of what we do uh, to enable us to get to that National League level. Of course, we've got to look at 4,000. How are we going to get that? We've got to, we've got to look at doing something at the north side. So behind the scenes, at the moment, there are already discussions and plans and things being pulled together of what that might look like. Oh, but too early to share what they are. Exciting, but obviously we know things like that are needed and we've known after the years speaking to Barry and stuff that that north side of the ground has got quite a good potential. It does go back quite a long way that people don't really know. So I think it would be nice nice to see that done when it is um just talking about sort of fan experience stuff obviously segregation you're segregating the torquay game you've decided um how do you make the decision of what it's who am i segregate because torquay i don't really think they pose much of a threat to us as fans but obviously you've made a decision on different advice what would you say well how do you make that decision and why yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, what you'll have noticed, we've actually got some really good quality segregation fencing up now as well. Um, we've had that put up. Um, and we wanted to make sure that was up in advance of some of the games. We obviously had Yeovil, um, which was a recommended. I'll come back to your question in a second, James. So we had a, the, the Yeovil game was a recommended segregation match. Um, we had something which was a bit of a trial in there to see what would work and what we were and basically it worked exactly how we wanted it to it showed us what we needed 
So obviously we worked quite quickly off the back of that. You'll have noticed that if you were here for the Yeovil game, by the time you came back for the next match, there was the actual bespoke, you know, segregation fencing was in place, which is great. And it's, I think it looks good. So let's say it was recommended segregation. So where does that recommendation come from? Is so the other football club, the authorities. So it's a bit of a, a bit of everything. So we have a criteria. So we we try and keep as as objective with this stuff as we can. Um, and I give you an example. So last year, my understanding is that the Eastbourne games were segregated here and there. Now I know that there was probably last year was off the back of the Dover experience. Um, there's probably a little bit of a a knee jerk reaction there to segregate and probably Eastbourne was the game after that so I get that but then Eastbourne then segregated us and then we segregated uh, and it was a bit like well you did so we are um we wanted to tip for town we wanted to get away from anything that was subjective like that you know we wanted to actually base it on some criteria and say look you know if something was to go wrong at one of these matches we need to have a due diligence you know due diligence in place what mitigations what processes did we follow so we have to have some kind of structure to enable that so that's off police liaison advice that's off recommended um any any history between the two teams or two sets of fans and also weight of numbers on potential fan numbers arriving so that was for example why we segregated Jovel. Um, and the recommendation for Torquay is very much the same, is that they could be 250 upwards. Um, they do have a, a potential element that might travel. Um, and I think when you know that kind of thing, if you don't do it and then something happens, then the questions get asked. Well, we gave the intel to suggest that that would be a recommendation to do so. You chose not to do it. And now you've got egg on your face. So, so, um, we would just, I mean, at the end of the day, we, we, we talked about match day experience. That's everything. That's not, that's the operations of how we run a match day. Whether that's you, you know, queuing to get a burger, or queuing to get a pint, or being able to watch a game without having to worry about somebody pushing and shoving, and you know, and and somebody getting something getting out of hand. So, all these decisions we make are in the interests of um, safety first and foremost, and obviously, as we mentioned, that uh, that fan experience. And with uh, obviously, we're getting a new stand down the other end. I know, I think planning went in at the same time to get permission am i right or it was thinking about to get something for that segregated area because it would be nice for the away fans to have some cover of the weather is anything going ahead with that or not quite yet um it's on the radar um again we've got to make sure that we've got to do the bits and pieces that we have to do first um we wanted to make sure that that wasn't just a 10 minute a t- sort of a 10 meter or 15 meter sort of token gesture at the end we want to make sure it's something which is a substantial improvement yeah. you're right as part of that um, that planning application and planning approval, we do have the other half of the east end covering um, approved. So the good news is that we can do that when we can do it. But in the pecking order, there's other things that, that we obviously want to do first. And the compliance piece, for example, getting to a capacity of 4,000 would take precedence over that. Um, any more games you're thinking about this season? Uh, segregation, you know, off the top of your head? After Torquay? Just off that, I mean, what we do is we apply the same yeah. principle for every game. So that criteria will be applied. I would suggest the next one will probably be Dover in February. Yeah, I think that's needed. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> After what happened last time, uh, you can make yeah. it even, pen them into half the size they deserve. It. Oh, no, actually, yeah, to I be fair, the fact. They were, they were fine. Yeah, it's a shame because when I went to the away game and you went there as well, that the fans were actually really nice. It was just actually a bunch of idiots that let, that were banned from the home that let the side down. Unfortunately, someone felt the wrath of that. Yeah, I think the thing is, I mean, look, I mean, we try not to make those decisions. We seek the same, you know, same advice, you know, as we say, for from from all the stakeholders that are involved, and we then go with that, and that's our due diligence.
No, thanks, okay. That's a really good, interesting insight. Which then leads me on to, just to finish off, we ask for everybody, um, tell us a little interesting fact about yourself. An interesting fact? Well, I think he said off air something well, that was very interesting, if he wants to say that, but maybe about yourself. About your child. Oh, about my, my little daughter, yeah, Venetia. Well, he's, he's already flopped in that he's, he's not equipped. I think I think his daughter his, his daughter well, you being, noticed that yeah his yeah that's a little name drop his daughter his daughter <laughs> being the first child to be ever born in Neon is quite an interesting that fact. is correct yeah so so my daughter was the first first uh, baby conceived and born in Neom so when Neom hits I love that you have to say conceived and born in Neom <laughs> like you know we we like the after effect but we know how babies are made you know. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say is, though, there were some that were conceived and not born there. That's the reason why I'm ah, saying. That's what you're so, saying. Uh, okay. so tick double boxes. Yeah. So when they? we're going for the keys of the city to, to Neon, that would be an important point to mention. Could it be a future so. queen, queen of Neon. Well, who knows? But um, uh, at the moment, you know, she's she's loving Worthing, by the way, and she's got a she's got a little <laughs> she's got a little Worthing FC hoodie, yes. which well, is her favourite. She can't sing that song, "Living Worthing," uh, "Born in Worthing," "Living Worthing," "Dying Worthing." She's Born in Neon, living Worthing. Who knows where she's going to pass? Actually, I'll tell you what, well, the interesting fact is actually probably right. You mentioned Spencer's more on her. So this is her third Christmas, and it's her third different country she's lived in for those Christmases. This is her first proper Christmas, I guess, it was like the British style Christmas. Yeah, British style Christmas. First time she saw snow yeah. as well. How did she react? She loved it. She was out and playing it. Absolutely. And what about yourself? Any interesting fact about yourself? You say you can move on, but you said the Queen. You name dropped that earlier. I got yeah. to do enough. Oh, is that what you're going to say? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I won't go back on the Queen. I, what I, okay. So back, uh, I will say this. Back about too many years ago to remember, I dated Kate Moss, uh, the supermodel as well. What? Back in the day. Really? Yeah. Is that that's got me for another podcast? Surely. <laughs> that's a story for another time. That one. I I think we need to get you in the bar after. You can tell us about that. Wow, well, that that's that's so. Facts. We keep thinking we're sort of like hit peak interesting. Okay, facts. I give, I give you I give you a sneak. I give you a sneak on that one. So I used to be a nightclub manager, and when I was managing this nightclub, she was the guest to come and open one of our bud bars, and I ended up by spending the evening with her, and and we uh, she left me for Donny for Johnny Depp. Can you believe that? Uh, Pirate, you know, ER, me eighty, make ease or whatever. What can you do? What can you do? Oh, she missed out there, mate. She missed out. Her loss. Keith, thanks very much for joining us, and um, I'm sure everyone will see you around the ground in the near future. You're welcome, guys. Thanks Thank for your time. Appreciate it. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. Well, well, Kate Moss, eh? Kate Moss. Kate Moss. Kate Moss. Yes. Yeah, he dated Kate Moss. Yeah. And, 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 you don't know who Kate Moss is? And, 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 I don't know who Kate Moss is. Yeah, he dated Kate Moss. That was his interesting fact. He dated Kate Moss. Well, I have to. We have to be honest. I wasn't there for the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Continuity here, Jacko. Come on, come on. Right, he wasn't here. It was me and Spencer. Yes. Anyway, Keith dated Kate Moss for a short period of time, and then he found out that Johnny Depp was then dating her because he was on TV. And he goes, "Oh, that's why uh, he never answered my calls." But listen back to the interview. Bloody pirates! <laughs> pirates of the Caribbean. Eh? Hey, who are my mates and stuff? Um, thanks, Keith, and I hope that really does. Um, get the fans to know Keith because I think you know you know thoughts about 
Paul, the last general manager, were very mixed between the fan base. You know, internally, it seems that he's done what the club wanted him to do. But, you know, they've got Keith in to bring it to the next level and what they want. And I, I, from what I've seen so far, he's been very supportive of us as a support association. We've got a new board. We've got a pitch side board advertising Rebel Yell and the podcast and commentary in the support association. And, you know, from our point of view, to see what he's doing, I think it's brilliant. Don't you guys? I, I, I agree. I think um, one of the things I said about Keith... When he's just started, he's got a presence. He's got when he walks around the ground, he's got a presence, and he's got things done. You know, and I had a few dealings with him, and but I really like him. I think he is. He doesn't say things for the sake of it. He says it, and he gets it done. Yeah, yeah. And then he and his goal is to move the club forwards. Yeah, he's he's, he's got the know-how. He's, you know, he's got a vision. The club's got a vision. No sixth match, and you know we can see. The progress already and there's a lot more to come yeah i think there's a lot more to come fantastic um and another guest this month a very special guest kind of royal call him royalty, I think, royalty? I, I think he's royalty i was royalty, well, he's royalty, royalty to us Worthing fans george dow member of the british empire mbe that's pretty amazing like he's just become a father and he's now an mba and it's so fully deserved i mean we're recording in a week where Honours and stuff are coming to question Miss Venels, you know. I think, uh, I think James has got a bee in his bonnet about this. Have you watched it? It's, it's very Rebel have Yell related. Wa- have you watched it? No. no. It's it's really quite moving. But anyway, watch the uh, Mr. Mr. Banks versus the Post Office. You'll see what I'm on about. Very good. Well, um, it's red. Rebel, rebel red, you know, of Post Office. Um, but anyway, no, but this this guy definitely does deserve an order merit from the... the I, I always said he's a legend, but he is. But you know, if if you want, I sometimes I think the these honors get thrown thrown about yeah. to you know because you helped an old lady over the street. Well, we joke about David Beckham. There was that rumor for years that he was fuming that he didn't get his knighthood, but cause he expected to get one. And there was rumors and leaked messages and tabloids saying he yeah, threw his toys out of the pram because he didn't get it. And that's where you think the merit system is it really thing. But. <laughs> it's I, I, if somebody deserves it, I think it, it, yeah. it's, it's George. Yeah. Well, let's. We sat down with George, and we haven't had him on the podcast since we won this mid league end of last season. Uh, sorry, an end of season before. God, what else? Yeah. <laughs> it's nearly two years since we won that day. Um, but George, come back on. Um, we wanted to speak to you about that being far for the first time, and just a little update with us. So over to you, George. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. George Dow, MBE. Um, you actually deserve this merit, unlike a certain CB that's just been handed back tonight as we record. Very deservedly so. Goodbye. So uh, you fully deserve this, mate. Um, congratulations. congratulations. Yes. I mean, we've known you for a while now and, you know, you've been on the podcast. I think the last time you were on the podcast was when we won the trophy, when we won the title. Um, and we had a good set. I mean, would you have thought, what, eight, 18 months later, you're coming back on the podcast as an MBE? MBA and a, and a dad as and well. a dad and a dad yeah, yeah. and congratulations yeah. on that well, well that's the next yeah, bit yeah 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 I yeah, don't mean to jump the gun but yeah amazing end to my 2023 really yeah obviously the birth of Bonnie and yeah an MBA crazy I couldn't believe it so you must still be pinching yourself like how when did you find out like how did it well you know how it came about but when did you find out and what's the whole process of it and finding out and, so we're not we know david beckham was trying to pay people off to become a sir i'm sure you didn't do that to get your mba <laughs> no, but, no, you know. nowhere to start <laughs> but then i guess it, it's finding out and then you've got to keep it secret yeah. yeah so i found out about three or four weeks before it 
uh, was published in the paper. So that was the 30th of December, wasn't it? Yeah, so, beginning yeah, of about three, a week, three weeks before that, I found out. They, they sent a letter here and then Keith called me and said, oh, you've got some post here and it looks quite official. But I didn't think much of it. And then uh, a couple of Bill. days... Yeah. <laughs> the tax man. Yeah. He's got the royal, royal crest on his arm. God, yeah. tax man's on it. Exactly, yeah. So I thought I'd better leave that, leave that closed. And then, um, yeah, I got an email uh, a couple of days after that that said, um, yeah, you've been awarded an MBE. And I thought, oh, God, this must be... A joke. This must be a scam or something. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I emailed the... Or I went on the honours official website, found their email address and emailed them and said, Look, I've had this email. Is there some sort of scam going around? They said, no, it's, that's genuine. Can we arrange a phone call in the next couple of days? I was like, yeah, wow. And then I opened the letter here and it was the same, same thing as was in the email. And I bet some crass language could have come out of your mouth at that time, like not believing what was, was going just, on. Yeah, I was just gobsmacked. Cause I te- when I read the email, Jessica was next to me. I was like, I think I might have just been awarded an MBE. <laughs> and she was like, what? I was like, I don't know. And she was like, and then she was reading it. She goes, yeah, this looks legit. This is legit. And I, cause the email address was all fine. Normally you can click on the email address and it looks like a dodgy yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But this one looked fine. I was like, no, this can't be real. And then, yeah, track down their actual email address. And yeah. So confirmed. there was no inkling in the run up to it or no, like, you know, it was, was completely was yeah. out of the blue surprise. Yeah. 100%. That makes it even more amazing. Yeah. And you got any idea who's put you forward? No, I did ask him on the phone when I spoke to them. I said like, how does this all work? And, how have I been put forward for this and, or who has put me forward for this? They said they couldn't tell me, but it's either a person or an organization. And then someone else has to second it. And then it goes through to like a board of people that have been knighted that sit on a board and then they vote who gets them and who doesn't. Well, I think it's kind of circle, obviously from, from your accent all those years ago to turn around the fortunes of this football club that you played for and, you know, a much unloved part of the town where you turned into a National League South pushing for National League football to what you do, your charity work, you know, your Instagram account with Jess, you know, that shows the life that you live and it's amazing. So, you know, plenty of avenues where that recommendation could have come from. Yeah, I haven't got a clue. And I did want to know when, when I was asking him on the phone, I was like, oh, who's put me forward for it? But then in, on reflection, I kind of don't want to know who who done it because I'd feel like every time I bumped into him, I'd have to thank him and be like, or oh, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. like, oh, oh, you'll find out it's it's somebody to do with like your awareness work. And then you'd be like, well, why didn't I want it? The football club put me forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather just not know. It? Actually, George, it's Spencer. And he, uh, <laughs> yeah. he now expects a VIP golden seat in the yeah, stand. Yeah. He's got his lifetime season ticket. Now he wants his golden seat, don't you? As a result, would be uh, interesting. So um, when do you actually get the award? When, when's that? Uh, they said that they'd contact me within three to six months with dates to go up for the ceremony. Ceremony. I think there's two or three dates across the year that you can choose from. And, you know, so you could up. meet the king. It could be Prince could Charles. Be, yeah, uh, Prince, I think uh, the last William. batch was given out by was it William? William and Kate. I think. Yeah, uh, but the batch before that was the king. Who would you? Who would you like? Would, I would think have I'd to be the like king? William and Kate. Actually. Yeah, I think he'd be. I know I'm not going to get much chance to chat with him, but I feel no. like he's a bit more down to earth. Like, well, he likes football as well. I feel like he'd ask you about football. Yeah, exactly. He knows his football. So challenges. You've got to get him down to Worthing game. You've got to say. I'm going to take a shot. You've got, with me so you've got to say something. Can, can you can, can you get a badge sewn on your suit? You know, like the Man United ones they used to wear in the day, Ferguson with yeah, the crowd yeah. crest on there. And you could try and drop it and say, right, the invita- we went to Dulwich Hamlet uh, for that Peter Crouch thing. So yeah, no, we're better than Dulwich Hamlet now, I think, aren't yeah, we? So sure. so yeah, I think I think that's a challenge, George. Okay, yeah, well, it, and especially the king if it's the king. Got to get badge. the king and Camilla down, haven't you? That'd be one hell of a photo, wouldn't it? Yeah. So um. 
So other than that, another congratulations in order, isn't it? Because uh, you're now a dad. Yeah. Um, a, another story that people followed over the years and an amazing like achievement to get there. Um, how has it been? How was, how was the pregnancy for Jess and you know you watching that and then finally to be uh, a dad? How did the whole, how you found the whole sort uh, of nine, ten months? How, how old is she now? She's nine weeks. Yeah. So it's about 11 months or 10 months yeah. now. Yeah, so yeah, I mean... It's longer than that because we had to do the old IVF stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's been, yeah, even longer than a normal pregnancy, obviously. And we wanted to get set on the IVF journey because we were told, and I think it's quite well known, that it's unlikely to work first time. So it's good to get sort of the ball rolling and it could take two, three, four, five times before you, um, yeah, finally get one that works and, and fall pregnant. So, yeah, we started the journey now. We probably would have, in an ideal world, had a baby at like 33 something like that but obviously wouldn't change Bonnie for the world and we're so grateful and I'm so grateful that it did work and that yeah we, Jessica fell pregnant although her pregnancy wasn't as smooth as we would have liked she was quite ill certainly in the first three months she was pretty much sort of bed bound and very very sick and ill and then yeah after that got a bit better but was on and off being sick and stuff so it wasn't the smooth this and she was very right. clear from the start that this is going to be our only baby i think but just just gotta say because obviously i'll follow your instagram account being a dad that suits you so much <laughs> the pictures of you and bonnie and just they are amazing i love them and just every time i look and i think yeah you you look like a proper dad it's yeah. lovely to see yeah no i really yeah loving it to be fair we but we all are and it, it feels like she's never not been there if that makes sense it feels like bonnie's we thought when before she gave birth it's going to be weird having a baby here and we're actually going to be parents whereas now like even like two days after she we've come home from hospital it was like god i could not imagine life without yeah now. yeah so um friday night mackies was that a thing throughout the uh, pregnancy or was <laughs> just yeah, too yeah, was just too sick <laughs> or was she well enough to have a friday night mackies yeah that's, yeah. All, that's all she looked for was it more than friday night, night mackies was it weekday night mackies no, instead no, it was no, always we keep it strict obviously with once once a and week when, when are you introducing bonnie into friday night mackies well, or is you already... this is it we've already had because we don't want her eating it that, that <laughs> really early we know it's not good for you like father like daughter then, yeah, yeah so we'll i think we're gonna our plan is um well, when she starts going to nursery and stuff, we'll change it to Friday, but we'll have it at lunchtime when she's at nursery, so she doesn't, uh, yeah. She doesn't get the smell. She, she has to have the carrot sticks. Yeah, exactly. Carrot sticks and, uh, yeah. Into, uh, bad habit. So where did the name Bonnie come from, if you don't mind me asking? Is it any sort of family thing for Jess yourself, or is it just a name you, like, no, stumbled just, across? Yeah, Jess, Jessica had a name of, um, loads of girl names that I just didn't like, it's like things <laughs> of bloody Disney programs and stuff. Like oh, Esmeralda. But what was, what was the wildest one she I, came out with? I, there was so, like Esmeralda, I don't think, that, do think I always say Esmeralda, brand? but I don't actually think that was on there, it's just but, Elsa. Yeah, things like that. It was some crazy names and that I didn't like and then, um, Minnie Mouse Dell doesn't have a ring to it to no, be fair, no. no. And then, but yeah, then she came and she said, oh, what about Bonnie? I think she just, yeah, it almost popped into her head one day. So it's no ties to either of our families or anything like that. And as soon as she said it, I was like, yeah, I love that name. It's not, it's not too out there, but equally, you don't yeah, see many Bonnies around. I've got um, my cousin's daughter's called Bonnie. It's always a very nice name, and I've always thought, so yeah, it was nice to see that. I did tell her, oh, yeah, the owner of the local football club's name is, the name's his daughter, yeah, Bonnie. Girls' names are always nice than boys' names. Yeah, yeah especially well, Spencer. Yeah, we find it difficult to find. <laughs> yeah, we did find it difficult to find the name. Sorry, then mate, as soon as we found really. Bonnie, we were like, yeah, definitely go with that. And then, believe it or not, she was born on bonfire night, so... Bonnie the bonfire. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Everyone, a few people have said, "Oh, is, it, is that why you called her Bonnie?" But no, we already had the name. 
Um, George, just switching quickly to the football, um, what are your thoughts on the season so far we're having? Um, I think if you just looked at it in sort of isolation, we're having a good season. We're still sitting in the top. Well, we want to we want to be fine at the top of the league, and we are doing that. I think if you do it week by week, you could sometimes feel like, oh, what's going on at the moment? Because we're quite inconsistent. I think. Yeah, it's I a roller coaster. That. I yeah, think that's every is. podcast we've said. It is a roller coaster. It's because you like as you've seen, we lose away from home four 0 and then we smash like we do the double over Eastbourne and then lose to Chelsea. It's so you weird know. because even when you even the games that we've lost four 0 I, I I think there was only one. I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was that we weren't the better team in the first half. Uh, then Hampton, we lose a sloppy goal yeah. and um, or give the ball away and just before half time we'll concede or something and then come out second half and we go for it and then we just get we just get completely done. And then when we go 2-0 down, we really go gung-ho and then we end up losing 4-0. But if we just lose them games 1-0, 2-1 or whatever, I don't think it's as highlighted as it is because we've got smashed 4-0. Mm. I think that's only because we've gone to win the game and just been caught. But I know it's demoralising at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I but think... then we'll it... come back and win a game 5-1. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, you know it's, I mean? it's, it's crazy, but... Um, <laughs> you don't say that when we've been beaten 4-0 away. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough to take, but we yeah. Beat, we get beaten by Maidstone 4-0 away. We beat them at home 5-1. Yeah. And then Maidstone beat Stevenage. I know. You know what? It's, there's no... And, I, and actually, my son sat in the car a couple of weeks ago. We can get beat by anybody we can beat anybody in the league as well. Yeah, I and think I think the fair. league, far from Yeovil, well, still they could beat it, but it's so open. Yeah, well, even when we played Yeovil Hill, I thought we, we gave yeah. them I think we were unlucky. To be, yeah, so. I mean, to be honest, I think apart from Yeovil, the league's pretty much open because I think we're looking from bottom of the table to where we are, it's only about 13 points at the moment. Well, I think so, from you know, second to seventh, it's only like two or three points. Yeah. yeah. It was on goal difference until last weekend. Well, if we had won that last we weekend, if we had won, we would have been second. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'd have been second. And it just shows, and Hampton are sort of, sort of, falling out of form a little bit at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, and Avery as well. So, you know, I think it's going to be happening soon. So what, what would you like, what, what, what do you see us finish at the end of the season? Do you think we'll make the playoffs? Yeah, I think we'll make yeah. the playoffs. I think it, it goes to show you how well uh, Hinch or the club is doing, considering all the fans don't think we've quite clicked yet and we're still like fourth or fifth in the league. And in, the, in a lot of the games, even when we lose, we're, we're a better team. We just haven't got that ruthlessness in, in the opposing box. Yeah. I think once we do click and some of our four players may be lacking a bit of confidence that have come in, hopefully find their feet and find some confidence, I think, yeah, we'll have a really good end to the season. Yeah, and I remember saying how close everything is at the top. Yeah. How close some of those games have been. It's just been down to like one or two moments. Yeah. We could have had a different season where literally we've had two extra wins and then suddenly it's a completely different story. Exactly. And, and there is games out there that we could and should have won. That we just didn't on the day. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to bring it up, but there's been a few home games mm. in the last couple of months where you think, oh, we've really dropped some points there. But yeah, no, I think once we build some momentum, I think we'll be good. Yeah. Bonnie's on a hundred percent uh, record at the moment, yeah. Well, she is for games gone to, and when she wears her baby grow, we seem to win as well. Okay, so, so can you keep doing it, please? Yeah, I know, yeah. I mean, I she. I don't think she have a clue what's going on, but she's a lucky mascot, you know. I know. It's I, clearly not a blue baby grow. Yeah, it better not be a blue baby no, going. No, <laughs> thank God <quite> for that. <laughs> thank God for that. Yeah, we've we've seemed to have quashed the blue, uh, the unlucky blue after the Eastbourne away, haven't we? We'll have to see what happens down in Truro this weekend. Yeah. Um, George, just before we let you go, um, obviously since we last spoken, lots of ground improvements and things about to happen around the ground. Must be an exciting time from when you first took over the club. Obviously, it's just been announced about the um, 
west end of the ground, you know, the new terrace stand, which will yeah. be there, which will be fantastic. Um, Keith said to us in the interview before that there's, um, you know, looking into the future possibly doing the north stand in the next couple of years to increase that capacity. I mean, when you, uh, yeah, the fan zone, I mean, when you took over this club, yeah, I know you had plans, but could you, it's all sort of come to fruition now. And I'm sure when that, those works get done, you're just going to be like, wow, <laughs> what have we done here? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's always, I always try and sort of reflect a little bit when you're in sort of in amongst it all the time, you just kind of forget what you've done before. Cause you're always looking for the next thing that you want to do and, and to improve for the supporters and for the team. Um, so yeah, it's good to look back sometimes and yeah, seeing that we've got the West Stand coming up soon and then yeah, like Keith's mentioned, we've got plans for this front building and for the fan zone and for the North Stand. Um, yeah, to be planning these, these things out uh, with an actual thought to getting them done and it, and it being a real possibility is yeah, obviously a really exciting time for And also the possibility of National League football as well if we carry on going the right way because it will come, it will come. Yeah, yeah. Going. And, and the um, our aim of sort of trying to become 14 a full-time team within the next two to five years as well is exciting and will give us the best chance of getting that promotion. It will be. George Dow, MBE, thank yeah. you for joining us it on the Rebel Yard podcast. Weird, uh, <laughs> yeah. And we look forward to seeing, that. I'm sure it will be all over the socials when you actually go and get it. And just remember, whoever it is, invite them down to Worthing Game. I'm sure Pete will um, have them in his commentary box for the game or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Thanks, George. Nice one. Cheers, Cheers guys. Thanks. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. He loves coming on the podcast, doesn't he? We should get him on more often, don't you think? I, I think at least every quarter. Well, he's a father now, so maybe it'd be a good excuse for him to leave the house with <laughs> Jess and the baby. So I, I, I don't think he wants to leave the house, I'll, you know. Yeah. Or if Jess is if Jess is listening, it's because he really likes to come to. Yeah. <laughs> and he just wants to promote Bonnie uh, and show his doting love for his daughter. That was it. Uh, That's well, the exciting news as well is that. Um, Worthing FC uh, going to be featured a documentary. Unsure who the um, promoter is at the moment. So hopefully we'll be able to have more information in the future. But as people have seen them down filming at the ground, it's been cool to see. And it'd be great to have Worthing on the national TV again. Obviously, George in the past was on the Undateables, which brought a lot of attention to the club back in the day. Um, you know, followed his life around Saul when he took over clubs. So it'd be interesting to see how the documentary comes out. But that would be that would be good. That would be good. I guess it will probably come out sometime in the summer. He'll get I, a, get a football I'm, thing coming over. Season, yeah, I think... I think it will be a really mm. good thing. Be interesting what um, what television thing. But um, great, it's great to hear from George as usual. And as I said, we should get him on a bit more often. But you know, it might be a bit harder now. We should we missed our opportunity. That that ship has sailed, I think. So uh, without him being a father, um, yeah. I, and I guess that's an action-packed Rebel Yell podcast episode five of twenty-three twenty-four season, guys. Um, as again we said at the beginning, it's been a roller coaster of a season so far. It has been a roller coaster of a couple of months. What are we expecting in the next couple of months? Another roller coaster? Yeah. The way the season is going, anything could happen, couldn't it? You know. Um, you ask the question, has you all won the league? No. They might think so. They might have 30, 30 points ahead, I think. But anything is possible. Yeah. We're talking a couple of months ahead. By the time we're a couple more months ahead, we'll be approaching the end of the season, won't we? Whenever. And I think from uh, the Sports Association side of you, we have to mention the sad passing of Sarah Cohen, our treasurer, and loved by Gary, Gary, the chairman's wife. It's um, it's moved a lot of us, haven't we, uh, guys? It's um, I think it's fair that we can say that it's a very emotional time. But um, I thought from the real hello to Gary um, and the children. 
and family. I think the funeral's coming up, and Gary sent me quite a generic message out there saying anyone's welcome. There'll be a passing by at Woodside Road. Is it the 17th of January, I think? Yeah. 11.30, I think there's going to be a passing by at Woodside Road. Please wear your working colours. So if you are listening to this and you can um, make it, please do come and show Sarah the love. Uh, show the love. She knew she had anyway, but... Um, yeah, we knew it was coming, but, you know, it's such a sad thing when it actually happens. It, it was really sad, and, and I think, you know, the club can sometimes stick, but I think how the club dealt with it, that minute's applause before the game, I thought, I thought it was a great tribute to her, and I think well-deserved. Yeah, and like, much love, and it's all for yeah. She was a much valued committee member on the support association. For those who don't know, she was a treasurer. She did it for years, um, much to her chagrin sometimes and frustration, but uh, she did a bloody good job at it. And, um, Gary, and don't forget selling programmes, she did yeah, as well. And the pro- Sarah's programme hut. Um, I love that touchy movement, someone lay up some flowers there after the passing of her. I'm not sure who did that, but that was a great touch. Um, thank you for doing that. But, Sarah Curran, rest in peace. Uh, I know you're looking down on us laughing at me and Gary doing our horse noises or something <laughs> stupid like that. <laughs> Spencer's face just rolled his eye. You do a nice little touching moment after ruining it for the... Yeah, it's a brilliant laugh. No. I just remember her trotting around. I'd seen us trot around the living room when I went to say when I went to see her just before she passed, and Gary and me had to do a trot for her. So you know that will be a lasting memory. But yeah, rest in peace, Sarah Cohen. Um, thanks again to our sponsors, uh, MK Window Cleaning and Price Jones Electrical for your continued support. Um, do listen to Rebel Yell on a match day live commentary uh, with Pete. Uh, we'll tweet out he's, he's been a bit ill lately so that's why there's haven't been some coverage at some games but we'll try our best to get them on when we can uh, tune in to this podcast next month because there should be a very special reveal on the podcast and keep an eye on social media keep an eye hopefully on more media there could be something big coming and uh, we're very excited aren't we Spencer yep that's all he's going to say on that it's still top secret <laughs> Whoa. wait till wait till we get that out uh, but Jacko you've seen what we're on about and I think it's going to be quite an exciting thing I think it's very exciting. Yeah, and I think I think it's going to be good. So keep an eye out. If you've loved our t-shirts before, you'll definitely love these. Uh, and thanks for your support for purchasing those t-shirts. We've got a couple left, so if you do want one, do let us know. Uh, there's a handful left, and my wife literally wants them out of our house. So please do help uh, appease James's wife by getting them out of our house. And then when these this next thing comes out, please buy them because uh, again, James's wife wants them out of the house. Anyway, guys, looking forward to the next couple of months or yeah. next month. We will be back in February, I promise. We won't leave it at six weeks this time, or seven weeks. But for me, James. Me, Spencer. Me, Yako. Thank you for listening, and up the Rebels. Up the Rebels.